Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. Ow! Welcome back. We're about to play Hang Up and Listen. The phone number is 360-8255. That's 360-8255. It's part of the show where we turn it over to you. You can call in talk about whatever you like as long as you end your phone call with I'm going to hang up and listen. So if you want to talk about the most annoying Memphis sports story of the millennium, you can talk about that. If you want to talk about the Grizzlies preseason schedule, you can talk about that, Antonio Burks. Or if you don't even want to talk about any of that stuff and you want to talk about the Republican debate or the Memphis uh, mayoral debate, which is Monday night on Channel 5, we're going to get our own version of what we just saw on Thursday night on Monday night on Channel 5, or if you want to talk about Jon Stewart. So you can you can talk about whatever you want. Who will be Donald Trump in that mayoral uh, debate? Oh, well, without question, if our friend Prince Mongo is allowed to participate, Trump is the national version of uh, Prince Mongo, except not Trump's a meaner. Trump, Trump is much meaner than uh, Prince Mongo. But the phone number for Hang Up and Listen is 360-8255. First caller gets $10 to East 24-Hour Cafe and $5 to TCBY. And uh, CJ, if you will, tell the listeners what the uh, winner will get today on Hang Up and Listen. It's a great prize. I like this. The winner of Hang Up and Listen will receive a Grizz Essentials Club box. All right, a Grizz Essentials Cub box. That's the new boxes from Grizz Essentials where they have different versions now of the boxes. Grizz Essentials will mail you uh, Grizz swag every month to your house for just a small fee. And you can go to grizzessentials.com to read up more information. We're going to give a free Grizz Essentials Cub box to the winner of Hang Up and Listen. Before we get into Hang Up and Listen, we'll take a moment to uh, thank a couple of folks. This is our first live show we've done since the sports ball. I want to give a uh, shout-out to our friends at Big Brothers Big Sisters, the 18th Annual Sports Ball, the Black Tie Tennis Shoe Gala. Uh, was another fun evening a couple of weeks ago at Minglewood Hall. Uh, it it was just it was just a blast. It was a blast, and uh, so big thanks to the the folks at Big Brothers Big Sisters. Uh, it's always fun, and it's always for a great cause. So we're out there having fun with other sports people in the mid south, and uh, helping out the, the people at Big Brothers Big Sisters. So special thanks uh, to them for hosting an awesome event again, and guys, form aware as well for getting us dressed in our tux. The reason we look so dapper at the sports ball is because our friends at Guys form aware they've been in memphis since 1948 uh you can check out their website guystux.com and uh visit their locations in midtown cordova east memphis and in south haven that's guys formal wear um making us look good for the uh, sports ball yet again this year this portion of the, of the show is being brought to you by playhouse on the square memphis's only professional theater Okay, right there in the Overton Square Theater District Playhouse on the Square, having one of their big annual events coming up. It's Tuesday, August 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. That's Tuesday, August 18th from 6 to 8. It's the Great Wine Performances, which is a fun, funky fundraiser that brings some of your favorite Hollywood and Broadway musicals together with 10 different wines to create an evening that you won't soon forget. Uh, it's, it's awesome. I went last year um, with the girlfriend. and Oh, yeah, who was I up there with? Oh, I went with Ben Hogan last year. Benedict Arnold himself. But uh, the, the great wine performances, they've got the characters in full costumes with... Uh, and they describe the wines. Anyway, it's a fun interactive. If you like wine, if you if, if you need a, a cool date idea for your loved one, the great wine performance is coming up at Playhouse on the Square. You can get your tickets online at playhouseonthesquare.org or call the box office 901-726-4656. So it's, it's a fun uh, – it's because it goes to uh, help out Playhouse on the Square, so all the money raised goes to Playhouse on the Square. But it's also a great – uh, middle of the week, date night idea, Tuesday, August 18th, 6 to 8, the Great Wine Performances. I had never been to last year. It a, it's a fun event. So Playhouse on the Square in Overton Square. All right, every week when the sirens are going off in the suburbs, we play a game we call Hang Up and Listen right here on the program. Let's play now. Hang up and listen. Hang up and listen. All right, the phone number is 360-8255, 360-8255. When you hear somebody hang up and listen, that is your cue to call. First caller today gets $10 to ease and $5 to TCBY. The best caller is getting that Cub Box 
from Grizz Essentials. It'll get mailed. The prize will get mailed to your house. That's a cool prize. Uh, all today's prizes actually getting mailed to your house. All you got to do is call in and talk about whatever you want. Just be sure to end your phone call with them. I'm going to hang up and listen. We're going to go to our first caller this week. George, he's in Germantown. George, you're on Hang Up and Listen. What's up, George? Yeah, the most annoying Millennium Memphis story is, to me, the Memphis football, University of football, although it seems to be corrected now, but if you look backwards, the inability of Memphis football to get into relevancy around the same time the conference realignment took place. And I think you've seen it with, with you know, a peer rival of Louisville with investment and, and making gradual steps and getting to better bowls and then major bowls eventually and hiring good coaches. So we all hope that Justin is the answer to this. But when you look back at that, you wonder if the window has now been closed because the lack of investment, the lack of progress in football, um, when the realignment chairs, musical chairs happened, Memphis was left in a non-major uh, you know, conference in terms of the bowls. So I'm going to hang up and listen to see what you all say. All right, thanks, George. We're playing hang up and listen. The phone number is 360-8255. That is how it's done. We were talking a lot in the first hour about the most annoying sports stories of the millennium. George saying conference realignment. I think that one more classifies on the list of most frustrating stories because I mean conference realignment has definitely been an annoying story for sure it keeps kind of happening and Memphis keeps getting left out and Memphis get annoyed but I think it's more frustrating that Memphis gets left out and it's not that story like you're not tired of hearing about it I think as much as you're tired of hearing about it with Memphis not being involved yeah I think I think that's the point that it, it keeps happening yeah. so conference realignment in and of itself is pretty interesting but then when you add that Memphis element to it the fact that Louisville a former conference rival of Memphis is now playing in, and not just a conference rival a regular a rival their biggest rival is now in one of those uh, power five conferences while Memphis is in the quote unquote group of six and that can be why the story is frustrating right now they've waited so long to make the investments into football that it looks like uh they're going to be left out. But I think there's still at least one more major conference realignment shakeup in the works in the future. Right. So I think, yeah, that definitely goes to the list, uh, George. That goes on the list. We're, the list we were making earlier, the most annoying sports stories of all time in Memphis, was based off of a list that a website was doing this week. Uh, just mainly based, which is all spun off of Deflategate, which has been going on for eight months and has been annoying to everyone. Uh, so we came up with a list for Memphis, most annoying sports stories in Memphis over the past millennium. John Calipari being one, Lionel Hollins and Dave Yeager, uh, Saga, Josh Pastner's inability to coach slash develop players, Rudy Gay trade, missing free throws, fast pro pyramid delays, and now we can add on the conference realignment to that list. Well, um, not not just conference realignment. It's the, the snub. The conference realignment. It's snub. not a snub. Memphis was deservingly left out those times, right? Memphis it was Memphis's fault they weren't in it because football was bad and they didn't put together the right push at the right time to get in. So I don't know if you call it a snub, but maybe you can. Well, no, yeah, I guess I guess snub fan, is. If you're a Memphis fan, you can call it a snub. Snub is you feel like you deserve to be there. So I don't think you can call Memphis football or Memphis being left out of conference realignment a snub. If football is the major driving force in conference realignment. All right, we're playing Hang Up and Listen. The phone lines are open if you want to get in. 360-8255, 360-8255. Best caller getting a cub box from our friends at Grizz Essentials. Uh, that is the grand prize today when you hear somebody hang up and listen. That is your cue to call. We can talk about whatever you want, but you just got to make sure you end your phone call when I'm going to hang up and listen. Or we can't talk about what you want to talk about, and you can't win the prize. That's just the the one basic rule of the game at 360-8255. We're going to go to Carolyn. Carolyn's in Harbortown. You're on Hang Up and Listen. What's up, Carolyn? Uh, yes, um, I wanted to be on Hang Up and Listen to talk about um, a great story of the year, which was Mike Conley um, being willing to play with a broken face. He really had some injuries, and... Uh, he made the city proud and the uh, Grizz Nation proud by being willing to play. And I know he had pain, the kind of a, 
eye surgery he had, I had had something similar many years ago, and uh, I felt like I knew something about his pain, and I'm an avid Grizzlies fan, and uh, I um, listen to your station a lot, and now I'm going to hang up and listen. All right, that's how it's going. I'm a first-time caller there for Hang Up and Listen. Carolyn, great job. Uh, talking about Mike Conley, that's kind of been the re- the reverse of the topic right now. I think that's a story that is not annoying at all, and you can keep talking about the Mike Conley busted face for years to come, and I'm all okay with that. That's That would go down as one of the more epic stories ever in Memphis sports because the play would have broken anything, let alone a broken face. Like That is just phenomenal right there, and it, it really inspired the, the players, the fans, and I think the city of Memphis as well. Right, and... Of course, we're playing Hang Up Listen. We talk about whatever you want. And so Carolyn calling in with a very positive story, a story that is not annoying at all. The Mike Conley story, seriously. I, I, the Mike Conley busted face, whether it's the people wearing the T-shirts with the mask on it or seeing the pictures of his busted face or, or you see his picture of him at the Great Wall of China with his wife and you're like, man, his face doesn't look that busted anymore. And uh, I talk about Mike Conley busting his face forever. That story, not annoying. That story, epic in the history of Memphis sports that story we can't forget that really like that story we will never forget it because it's up there it's one of the greatest sports moments in the history of the city what about uh Mike Conley as an underrated player has that story gone annoying to you or is it just me I don't know that that can kind of be annoying. He's going to be, but he's probably going to be underrated for a long time. You bring up Mike Conley and stories that were annoying before the Grizzlies were popular. Before the Grizzlies started winning, the can Mike Conley be a point guard debate was out there for the longest time, and that one was getting annoying. Uh, very similar to the Josh Pastner can he coach debate, but eventually Mike Conley broke through and said, "Yeah, I can be a starting point guard in the NBA." Still waiting for Josh Pastner really to prove that on the college side. We're playing hang up and listen three. 60-8255. Dan is in uh, Midtown. Dan, you are on. Hang up and listen. What's up, Dan? Hey, guys. Uh, don't hold your breath on that Josh Passner thing. <laughs> but uh, we were around last night having a few drinks, and uh, the topic come up would be the best 30 for 30, and the one that won was uh, the Dale Blazers. And I'd like to know what you guys think would be the best 30 for 30, and I'll hang up and listen. All right, the best 30 for 30. Uh, yeah, I would love to see the Jailblazers. I just started stop calling them the Jailblazers, actually, that team up there in Portland, the Trailblazers team, which would include uh, Randolph stuff. Oh, it would include, it would include awesome, awesome uh, behind-the-scenes stuff from that era in in Portland. So I'm all I'm all for that. And you always think about the like the Memphis version of it. Like what would be the Memphis good Memphis 30 uh for 30. Uh Jerry Lawler Andy Kaufman would be a good one. Um but that goes into wrestling, but that was a big sports story that changed professional wrestling. Jerry Lawler Andy Kaufman. There's a bunch of documentaries out there for that already. Also localized. We just talked about Mike Conley's epic game. But if the Grizzlies could have won the NBA championship, that would have been a 30 for 30 right there. Well, what if I told you free throws aren't always free? Ooh. You could tell me that. Yeah, that's pretty good. What year year was that? But we could do the – what, you talking Darius Washington? Are we doing some – I think a a Darius Washington – where is Darius Washington? He is. They do these stories because a lot of these thirty for thirties. They did like uh, Marcus Dupree. You do these guys who were supposed to be great or were all impacted by just one moment. And there's a lot of sports that there's, they could maybe do one that was all about the individuals and definitely probably be a thirty minute special on Darius Washington. I think he's probably overseas right now. But uh, Memphis wise, the Darius Washington free throws uh, would would be fun. But he's the, playing ball over in Macedonia. I can't think, like, it happens, and I need to start writing these down, because this happens to me, uh, Dan, who or a caller bringing up this topic, but like, it'll happen, CJ. This happens at least once a month, right? I bet this happens for you. Probably happens to any sports fan at least once a month, where you'll be like, man, that'd be a good 30 for 30. Like, you'd probably say that at least once a month, right? Like, that'll come up in your conversation, like, that would have been, a, that'd be a good 30 for 30. And we'll see. Uh, I just got to start writing them down. What if I told them. you that a mascot isn't always a mascot? ESPN presents the curious case of the missing Colonel Reb. Ooh, I don't think he's missing. Well, he's he's no longer. <laughs> <laughs> he's still around, though. He's on those rebel flags flying in, uh, across the country. Uh, all right, we're, we're playing. Uh, that would be a good 30 for 30, though. A look at Ole Miss and 
the elimination of flags to football games, the elimination of Colonel Reb. And I, we just don't know if that story is over yet, right? The backlash. Well, that would make it such a good story because it's an ongoing And it's a topic. Saga. And it's a topic today. that transfers over to popular culture now as well. They've done a 30 for 30 already, somewhat based on race and Ole Miss, right? That was just the championship team, though. That that yeah. last championship team, if I'm not mistaken. Look up. Look up the description for the – if we can find the, the description for the Ole Miss 30 for 30. But that's one that's going to be – uh, it would be important to do. Would be fascinating to do to hear from some people. I think it would play. A, it'd be important just for the state of Mississippi right now if you air that and have people in Mississippi watch it and have the people who made these decisions and and were a part of these decisions speak about it in a, the thirty for thirty form. Um, it could be something, but usually thirty for thirty is based around a moment or a game, and I don't know if that the old Miss story has that yet per se because there's a it's a series of moments you ready for me to read and usually it's the, a series of moments in the old miss story of removing things uh yeah go ahead. what was that what was the old miss 30 for 30 in the fall of 1962 a dramatic series of events made civil rights history and changed a way of life on the eve of james meredith becoming the first african-american to attend class at the university of mississippi the campus erupted into a night of rioting between those opposed to the integration of the school and those trying to enforce it before the rioting ended the national guard and federal troops were called in to put an end to the violence and enforce meredith's rights as an american citizen two people died and hundreds more were injured during the riots against this backdrop the university a Mississippi football team was in the early stages of what would prove to be an unprecedented season in school history. Directed by Peabody Award-winning filmmaker <laughs> Fritz Mitchell, Ghost of Ole Miss explores the intersection of that football team with the civil rights history being made on campus. Told through the perspective whoa, of whoa, a this writer... Whoa, is continuing to go? Yeah. <laughs> told through the perspective of, a, of writer and Mississippi native Wright Thompson, oh, yeah, the good. film explores the tumultuous events that not only continue to shape the state a half a century later, but also lead to his discovery of a personal family connection to the story. It was, uh, that was a good doc. That was a good doc. Who's to say you can't make another one, though, about all the mess and race relations? Yeah, because it's it's a microcosm for what's going on right now. It's very current, yeah. But I like like the Joe Blazers idea, too. Good call from Dan. We're playing Hang Up and Listen. The phone number is 360-8255. We're playing Hang Up and Listen for a few more minutes. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about, but you got to end your phone call with them going to Hang Up and Listen. Uh, Don't forget to say Hang Up and Listen if you want to qualify to win the Cub Box from our friends at Grizz Essentials, grizzessentials.com. The other big topic on our show today, most annoying uh, Memphis sports story of the millennium. We go to social media here and see what folks are saying. Uh, we have would that old Miss Rebel story not be, uh, or the Colonel Reb story not be kind of annoying at this point? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I see it more as. I mean, I don't know what element of it would you say is annoying. Uh, I mean, it could be. I mean, it's annoying that it has not all been solved. That everything is not. There's still. It's annoying that there is still campaigns to save Colonel Reb. That stuff is annoying. Um, but the way that the University of Mississippi has reacted and the stuff that they have done has not been annoying at all. I think they've done the right thing constantly. The University of Mississippi constantly out in front, doing the right thing. And to me, that is not annoying. It's just some of the reaction to them doing the right things can be annoying and there's still again we've talked about this it could be a couple steps left in, in the University of Mississippi's uh, journey there there's a couple steps left they've done they've removed the flags they've removed Colonel Reb they, they stopped playing Dixie they stopped playing they Dixie. stopped having Confederate dress soldiers march out on the field but they there still could be a couple steps left and that being uh, the actual name of the university that they use and the uh, the nickname. So those could be hot topics of conversation uh, very soon on whether or not the University of Mississippi should stop calling themselves Ole Miss and whether or not the University of Mississippi should stop calling themselves the Rebels. Both have racial connotations tied to them. All right, we'll get back to uh, some of your tweets of the most annoying Memphis sports story of the millennium uh, 
here in just a second. Uh, you can always tweet at Cerrito or text 67129. Of course, you can call. The phone lines are open, 360-8255. We'll get back to those lists in a second, but we're going to go to Tim in Somerville. Tim, uh, you're on Hang Up and Listen. What's up, Tim? Hey, man. Big University of Memphis uh, fan. I live in Somerville. I was interested to see what your guys' take would be the attendance for the home opener this year. Guess a number. Okay. All right, talk to you. Oh, he didn't say it. He didn't say it. We're playing Hang Up and Listen, folks. That's the first time in a long time somebody has forgot to say it. Oh, Tim. Tim, you can call back in. He's listening in Somerville. We appreciate your phone call. I believe it's first time caller. Tim, you can call back in 360-8255. You got it in your phone call with Hang Up and Listen this segment every week. We call it Hang Up and Listen. Give a prize for the best call. We talk about whatever you want to talk about, but you got it in your phone call when I'm going to hang up and listen. Uh, we're going to keep moving. We're going to go to Mike. He's in Cordova. Mike, you're on Hang Up and Listen. What's up, Mike? Yeah, I just throwing out a little It's kind of a historical. Well, let me say first of my Nashville watch. I see they're getting another building up there, the state's building. Of course, like I said, we get to buy that dump downtown to pay for it. But uh, anyway, I was going to say a historical fact. I don't know if you knew this. And... Uh, 1865, the population of Memphis is about 50-50, and after the yellow fever epidemic, there was 20,000 people in Memphis, 17,000 blacks, and 3,000 whites. So, as far as uh, the racial thing in Memphis, I guess it's probably always been around somewhat. As a matter of fact, I think Memphis was pretty well known as a progressive city until Henry Lowe became mayor, and I'll hang up and listen. All right. Thank, thank you, Mike. Mike, talking about a couple of things. I don't know, Mike, if you saw this, but in the news this week, Memphis' plans for a new convention center, which uh, well past due. It's very interesting, uh, the money the city's planning on putting into the convention center downtown, which is something that when you are a city like Memphis, a city that's often compared to places like Austin and New Orleans and Nashville, uh, they have such big convention business. And, and to get that convention business, you got to have a, a nice convention center, and Kevin Kane and the folks proposing that, and if it can, if it can happen, if it, if it can come to fruition, if we can see that convention center that they're they're looking at, then that could be good news of the Memphis versus Nashville stuff. Because our their plans is to expand the convention center to make it bigger, better than the, than the one in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and of course, Mike getting into talking about uh, a variety of different racial uh, things with Memphis and, and the yellow fever, which is always a fascinating, uh, fa- fascinating thing to, to look back on is our city's history uh, in relations to the yellow fever. If you've never looked that stuff up, you don't have the time uh, to get into it. We're playing Hang Up and Listen. We're going to go to Tony in East Memphis. Tony, what's up? You're on Hang Up and Listen. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's up? All right, Joseph Fuente came in and gave uh, Memphis football fans something really, you know, to look that what they've been looking for for a long time. Uh, he said he was going to do it in three years, and he did it. Now, if he continues to uh, form a conference championship team and can take us to a higher level, do you think that he would continue to stay, or if he gets an offer, do you think he would um, take a better offer or just stay and try to build a legacy in Memphis? I'm going to hang up and listen. All right, thanks, Tony. Uh, okay, that's an uh, uh, interesting call because this is its one of those years, and I mentioned this because we're talking about – okay, so a uh, couple things. We'll start, we'll start with the Tigers. We look at where well, – this is always – this is a good problem to have in sports when you've got the coach of your team winning games for you, right? Because he's going to be a hot commodity. He's going to be on the list. He's made all of these lists, this best coach under 40 list and best coach in the conference list and all these different lists that Fuente keeps making. And that's not good news for Memphis because jobs are going to open every year and jobs in better conferences are going to open every year. So if you're a Memphis fan and you're looking at the schedule and you're looking at your rooting interest and Yes, this is a schedule that Memphis could have an awesome year. Awesome, awesome year. And, but how awesome of a year do you want? Like, if you can't have the best undefeated year, which is, yeah. I mean, I think anybody today, you're like, if you want to have an undefeated season and you lose Fuente at the end of the year, you're cool with that, right? I think you could trade that in. That's obvious that he would leave. But, like, how many wins will it mean that he will will leave? Like, undefeated season, not going to happen, Right. Memphis got to get past Bowling Green at the beginning of the season, and they got to get past Ole, Ole Miss, the Rebels at home. Can't wait and, for that. Can't wait Temple for that game. And Navy and Houston, who beat them last year. Like it's some good football teams Memphis has to play this year. 
But, like, how good? You want them to go to a bowl game, but the last thing you want, the last thing, I, like, you do not want the mediocrity that we had of the Tommy West era. The Tommy West era was was just so, like, you want to talk about annoying things to me. The idea of Tommy West, and he was a nice guy, and he had an awesome farewell speech, and he did win some games, but he had one of the most talented rosters Memphis football has ever seen with D'Angelo Williams, Danny Wimperon, and Stephen Gaskowski. Uh, on his roster, he couldn't win the conference. But it, the team was mediocre every year. They would go to bowl games, but they'd be lousy bowl games. Like the one thing a fan base does not care about is going to lousy bowl games year after year after year. This past year, they went to the debut of the Miami Beach Bowl, right? And they got in a fight at the end. It was good. Fans are happy. But if and you go to a bowl game again this year, I think you'll be all right. But if you're getting stuck back in that New Orleans or Birmingham bowl spots. The fan excitement dies down, and but back to Fuente, like you don't want he you don't want to keep your coach and just go to mediocre games every year. That's what happened with Tommy West, right? You had Tommy West was your coach, you locked him into a big deal. He's hanging out every year, going to go to a mediocre bowl, and then you end up having some really bad years under his uh, regime. And fan excitement can't be there. You got to figure out what else. What can you do? Did Fuente peak too early? Is it too? Is last year might have been just too good of he a year, right on time, because that the NCAA is not going to change their rule on conference championships. I don't think they haven't done it yet. They've heard the appeal from the Big Twelve and the ACC. You got to have divisions, and you can't have divisions unless you have more than twelve teams. So the Big Twelve is going to be looking to add quality programs, specifically quality football programs, to their conference here probably but next year. If if Fuente leaves, are they going to add Memphis? Even if well, the team is good and he's the gone, thing. for Memphis has got to do a good job of selling Fuente on the hey, I know you want to leave for one of these Power Five jobs. Give us a couple years, we'll be in the Power Five, or we'll be with them as far as maybe not just Mr. but you're, maybe the conference. Like, like, okay, when was the last time Memphis was added to added to a Power Five conference though, CJ? <laughs> Never, Never right? but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen though. When was the last right, time Cincinnati could. or Louisville were dreaming added? Big. You're dreaming big. You're no, dreaming that's big. not that's not too big a dream though. It's that not, is an no, expectation. That's what they want. No, that is that's an expectation. It's an expectation that yeah, I will believe it when I see it. But yes, Memphis wants to put themselves in the position. So if the Big Twelve or another conference wants to add a team, Memphis needs to be in that position. To to uh, join another conference, so yeah, I'm I'm down with that, and that means you have to have Fuente as your coach, right? I, I think you I think you got to. But looking at the Tiger schedule, can they run the table? Uh, mm, no. <laughs> but what's their best rec- record? I mean, we haven't made our official predictions yet, and I'm getting excited about Tiger about Tiger uh, Tiger football. But like, you got a game at Kansas, you got this game at Bowling Green, you're at home in Cincinnati. It's a fun schedule this year. It's a fun home schedule this year. Worth the price of your season tickets to see Cincinnati at home and Ole Miss at home and Navy at home. Like, oh, you get to see Navy. Like, that's a real team, right? Coming in, hey. and SMU historically a team with a thirty for thirty. Let me ask you a question. Navy had never been in a conference, and they're in a conference now. So things happen. College football's landscape is changing all the time. And Memphis looks like they are next in line, I think. All right. I, I, hey, I'm with you, CJ. I hope, I hope it happens. Obviously, that is the, the, the motivation right now is you want to get uh, yourself in the position, in the position to make that happen. All right, that does it for... For we have oh we have one more call left all right one more call we'll give one more shot uh, for hang up and listen Mark's in Midtown Mark you're on hang up and listen what's up Mark 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 you're on you turn on your radio oh Street on man what's up man it's Mark hey what's up what's up I thought I was supposed to talk fancy football with you oh you're supposed to talk fancy football he put you on the hang up and listen line hold on hold on we'll get you we'll get you on hold on uh. All right, that is it for Hang Up and Listen, then. That's Mark, our next guest on Fantasy Football. CJ. He said he wanted to play Hang Up and Listen. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, well, now he's hung up. We'll figure out. We'll get in touch with him here in a second. Um, All right, that does it for Hang Up and Listen this week. A couple of tweets coming in from the topic that we've been talking about earlier. I want to get these out because we have some 
some interest. The Darius Washington missing two of three uh, field goals against Louisville. Uh, that's what Benjamin is saying on Twitter. He said they replayed that clip for five plus years. He went from an NBA prospect to a dud. Uh, that's true. They did. They they keep replaying that, and the, of course the there's as there's annoying stories, but then there's like annoying moments or moments you never want to see again. The Dwash free throws and Chalmers for three, uh, probably. Uh, up there, uh, our buddy Stephen Russell saying has to be uh, Calipari and uh, SEC football. <laughs> he hates SEC football, especially Mississippi State fans. My guy. Yeah. Uh, then we have Soul City USA saying uh, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, and whenever the media were talking about the potential departure of the Grizzlies, that was an annoying story. Uh, nobody ever talks about the Grizzlies leaving town anymore, but people used to talk about the Grizzlies leaving town all the time before the grit and grind happened. And uh, Soul City USA also saying uh, passengers are recruiting prowess. Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, that's annoying. I think that's something now that if somebody says that, you got to call them out, CJ. I don't. I mean, I'm calling them out if somebody's saying like he's a good recruiter. Like, well, you know, he's a good. I, I'll stop him. I'll stop him in the tracks, and I'll be like, no, he's not a good recruiter. We thought he was a good recruiter when he was hired, but Josh Pastner is not a good recruiter. Tell me somebody he got besides Will Barton, not from Memphis, Tennessee, and how many people he got here who from Memphis who left. So Josh Pastner, not a good recruiter, and uh, that. Again, thank you, Soul City. And our buddy Kevin Light uh, j- chiming in with uh, yes, Lionel Hollins is his vote as well for the most annoying sports story of the millennium in the Mid-South. I think we've got a bunch of good nominees. we got to try to avoid talking about these topics, CJ. I think that's what we take. Take from our listeners. These are some topics they don't want to hear us talk about on Saturdays. But, or maybe uh, we should just do a whole show where we talk about all of these topics. You can do one of your podcasts about it if you want. Talk about the most annoying topics. Uh, but these, I mean, hey, some of the stuff we're going to talk about, people chiming in saying we're talking about SEC football. Yeah, we're going to talk about SEC football. It's the best football conference in, in America. Yeah. We're, it can be a little little overdone, yeah. We're still going to have to talk about Josh Pastner because he's still the coach of the University of Memphis. And it's still going to be a topic as long as he is here. So, all right, that wraps it up. We're going to decide the winner of Hang Up and Listen over the break, and they'll get a Grizz Essential box. Uh, Cub Box from Grizz- our buddies at Grizz Essentials. Check out grizzessentials.com. Before we go to break, though, I need to tell you to save the date on your calendar. Best Memphis Burger Fest is back this year, and it is better than ever. Check out bestmemphisburgerfest.com for more information. The event, hear this, CJ, so many new stuff at this year's Best Memphis Burger Fest. It's October the 3rd. October the 3rd. You know what's what's interesting about October the 3rd? No, what? It's a Saturday. Best Memphis Burger Fest is going to be on a Saturday this year. It's been on a Sunday since its inception. Uh, It's going to be on a Saturday this year from 1030 to 7 p.m. And for so many years, it was in Midtown in a parking lot. This year, guess where it's going to be? I know the answer to this one. Oh, you Tiger know. Lane, You already baby. know the answer. It's going to be in Tiger yes. Lane. So much new stuff with Best Memphis Burger Fest. Save the date. October 3rd from 1030 to 7. It's going to be in that Tiger Lane, the return of Best Memphis Burger Fest. they got a new location, a new day of the week. They're also going to have a beer garden this year and a Best Margarita competition. I'm sorry, a beer garden? A beer garden, a Best Margarita competition, and a cornhole tournament with a $250 uh, prize, $250 prize, and a Jose Cuervo custom-made cornhole set that you'll win. So if you're good at cornhole, you want to enter this. There's no better place to play cornhole in the city, right, than Tiger Lane. That's the perfect place. That is a fantastic place to play cornhole. So and best, I'm sure the weather will be pleasant out, too. It's going to be great. Best Memphis Burger Fest, October 3rd. You can enter in that cornhole tournament, and they'll have the slider in. Slider eating competition again. Have you been practicing, CJ? Are you back in that? Yes, I'm, I'm down for it. Get a better intro. That's how you got, get your nickname, King of Crunch. You gave it to yourself at Best Memphis Burger Fest last year. I have to give myself another nickname. All right, save the date, October 3rd for Best Memphis Burger Fest. When we come back, we're going to talk fantasy football with our last caller from Hang Up and Listen. You're listening to Serena Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Rebels, Bulls, Bulldogs, Tigers. It's always college football season here. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Zerito Live. Here once again is Kevin Zerito. 
we are back. We just played Hang Up and Listen. CJ, tell the listeners who want to hang up and listen to them. Dan! Dan, give us a call back! We feel like evil CJ working. Like, you... Like, it's not... It's like evil. This is an evil version. Where's Morgan Freeman, CJ? I don't know. I guess I left him at the house. I guess it's like an evil version of it. All right. (laughs) This portion of the show is being brought to you by our friends at Fox & Hound. It is the perfect place for your fantasy draft party. I'm not joking when I tell you. You get $200 worth of free rewards when you have your fantasy party at Fox & Hound. Uh, it is we've have we have ours there each and every year. It is because the best part, the best part to me about playing fantasy sports, because more than likely my team at, on average every year I get like I'm probably in like the middle of the pack. I make the playoffs but lose in the first round, whatever. So the most fun for me for fantasy sports is the party when you get the folks together in the league in one place. You talk smack to each other. You draft. You have libations. You watch TV. You ha- yeah, you, you, It's just a fun, good old time. And if you want to have the perfect fantasy draft party, do it at Fox and Hound. So $200 worth of free rewards if you have your party there. Includes $50 signing bonus that you'll have for your draft party. You'll get $50 worth of food during your party. Complimentary from Fox and Hound. They have draft kits. They've got a trophy option this year, among other bonus prizes. Contact Nikki to have your party at Fox and Hound Sanderlin. The phone number is 901-763-2013. That's 901-763-2013. Talk to Nikki. She'll get you set up so you can have your fantasy football draft party at Fox and Hound on Sanderlin. Like them on Facebook, facebook.com slash Fox and Hound Memphis. Fox and Hound, good times await. The best party in town. What do I do to? What do I do to appeal a decision that was made last year, as far as me being the worst player in the team in, in the league? Have you? Oh, you are you are the worst player in our league. Kevin and Kevin Lipe and I had the same record, and I beat him twice. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna look into that because you you were declared at the end of the year as the worst player, and you will be awarded your toilet seat. We give out a toilet seat to the worst player. Uh, that will be uh, you'll have to take your picture with that at the draft party. Um, so if you do see, see I don't people, think, I don't think I deserve of, it. If you see a group of people, by the way, at Fox and Hound with a with a toilet seat at their table, that's probably us. It's probably CJ because he wins that toilet seat every year. It's the worst team. But you're saying you don't deserve it. The life. No, we it. we were both three and whatever our record were. But my three wins, two of them came okay. against Light. All right, we're gonna have to take this discussion um, all fair. We'll check the record books. Ask our guest what he thinks he, we should do if we had the identical I, record I, I don't and believe both you of that us and I facts. beat him. I don't know how you would have been declared the worst team. I don't either. That's what I'm saying. That, that There has to be some sort of appeal you, process, Wouldn't you have Roger? appealed it at the time that you were declared the worst team at the end of the year? Does it matter when? It, I didn't know it was a statute of limitations on this thing. If know. we were both this, had the same record and I beat him not once but twice, okay, okay. I shouldn't be. I got your, we got it. We need, you need to file an official appeal. Right now... Let's try to make it where you're not the worst team this year, CJ. So clean out your ears. Listen to this next segment. Mark Kaplan uh, is our guest. He's a writer for FantasyAlarm.com. You can follow him on Twitter at the True Guru, And he's here to tell us five things we need to know before our fantasy football draft this year. What's up, Mark? What's up, Sarita? Good talking to you, man. Sorry about that uh, last segment. With That's CJ's fault. That's CJ's fault. <laughs> All right, all right. Congratulations, Number, real quick, on your dodgeball championship. I know your team won the dodgeball tournament last year. The dodge the, last week at Dodge this. Thank you. Yeah, dude, it was a lot of fun. It's good seeing you and good playing, man. It was. It's always fun to get out there and play some dodgeball. For, for good calls over there at Youth Villages. Okay, you're you're here with five things that we need to know before because fantasy football. Uh, it's it's easy to play, right? But at the same time, if you want to win and be the champion of your league, you kind of need to know little tricks, and you're going to help us out with that. All right, yeah, that's, that's good too. Number one is you've got to know your team league rules. You go through it, you see the game of PPR points, you're seeing if there's bonuses. You're even see the waiver wire. Is it, uh, you know, does it happen on Wednesdays? Anyone can pick up. Is it free agent auction money? You got to check all these things out. So you go to your team rules. You go to league settings and you figure that out. And if you get us like a, you could have a sleazy commissioner of your league, and they might change some rules you may not even know. Exactly. So you want to check all that out. You want to be familiar with it. And that is 
the number one thing you can do to get ready for it. Yeah, write that one down. CJ is not familiar with the rules. <laughs> okay. What What's number two? Number two is just go through the team rosters. Go through every team. Realize, like, you know, a lot of people check out. As soon as they lose Saints football, they check out. They don't realize, hey, DeMarco Murray's on the Eagles. What does that do for the Eagles? What does it do for the Cowboys? Running back situation. So I, I just like to go through every single team's roster. Just get a refresh. Do the depth chart. It's just something that's easy, takes 10 to 20 minutes to do, and, and is really going to come back and help you in the end. Yeah, know who, yeah. I always learn of what uniforms some people are wearing at the draft party. I'm like, wait a minute. They, I did not even realize that they don't play for the Saints anymore or whatever. All right, uh, that's, that's good to know. What's, uh, what's number three? Number three is weight on quarterbacks. I cannot stress this enough. People want to draft Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, those guys early. That is a bad strategy to do. You have to load up on running backs and wide receivers. Good quarterbacks, all the quarterbacks put the same amount of points. You're only going to face Andrew Luck once, but a guy like Tony Romo, Brian Tannehill, these guys are very good week-to-week quarterbacks. So you can wait and get these guys late while you stock up at other positions. Well, let's talk about this. So if you're fantasy, you're drafting your quarterback. Quarterbacks have been going high in recent years, right? They've been... And it's been bad for folks from Peyton Manning last year to Tom Brady the year before, right? Where it's like these guys are getting picked really high and then they end up not having the year that people expected them to have. But who are the, who are the, like that next tier? Cause I'm always worried once the first quarterback goes in your league, right? Then you've got like, okay, bam, bam, everybody's picking quarterbacks. And then it's, if you're in a 12 team league, by the time it gets back to you, you're like, you're stuck with it. You're like, who do I pick? Like who are you said Tony Romo is pretty good. Who else uh, is a good fantasy quarterback? Not in the top tier. Yeah, guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, just they're on good pass-heavy teams. A guy like Russell Wilson, I gotta tell people, forty percent of his fantasy points last year came from rushing yards. Cannot predict that every single year. I mean, the year before he had one rushing touchdown. Last year he had five. You can't predict that every year. So he's not a guy that I put in my top tier. I don't want Russell Wilson as a fantasy quarterback. Okay, let's go. So we're talking with Mark Kaplan from FantasyAlarm.com. You can read all the stuff about fantasy and follow him on Twitter at DaTrueGuru. That's D-A. Uh, let's go to number four. What else do we need to know before our fantasy draft? Number four is just don't overvalue the rookies. When, when you start getting, looking at the rookies, I know that there's some good running backs, wide receivers. Rookies just don't come in and make these huge impacts. They're trying to get a guy in the third or fourth round. That's something I don't do. You know, maybe P.J. Yeldon is good, but a lot of people like a Melvin Gordon, the Gurley from St. Louis, and those are things that you can't really just – you can't trust sometimes. So don't overvalue the uh, rookies. Okay, number five. Number five, it's tough. I mean, I think it's just go out there and have fun, do your draft prep, and just get a good mindset when you're out there. This is for the fun of the game. I think when you go into your draft, just look and have fun and – just make an order and go in there with the strategy. That's what I do. If, if I go into an auction, I sit there. I'm like, all right, here's how many, how much money I'm budget out to the running back. Here's how I'm gonna budget to wide receivers. Go in there with the strategy. You do that, you're gonna be set, and that way you, there's no curveballs. You don't just get, you know, just hammered in the draft because you have to be prepared for. It. Yeah, that's all. I always go. I treat it like a reality show. Like you can't go if you're going to go on a reality show and not have a strategy on how to win your reality show, then you're doing it wrong. And if you're doing your fancy draft, you got to have a you got to have a strategy. Yeah, you're probably great. You know, you you are good and you're probably smarter than everybody else and yada yada yada. But you still got to have a strategy in order in order to pull it off. What are the storylines? So those are, those are five good tips. What are the storylines now though going into to fantasy football? Uh, this season, like who's projected at the top? Who are there any overrated, underrated you got, or um, what? What's the big storylines this year? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Foster just got hurt. That's always a big one. He's out four to six weeks, and we know when the guy's on the field, he's unbelievable. He's one of the best running backs out there. Promise, he really gets on the field, and so put a high stock in a guy that's already going to miss the first couple of weeks of the season. That's guy I'm shying away from. When you're looking at some sleepers. I like that hmm, there, there's a lot out there. I'm trying to think of guys that other people wouldn't, wouldn't like a lot. Uh, I like Roy Hallou from the Open Raiders. going to be a PPR machine. Latavius Murray, think he gets overdrafted a bit. A lot of people think this guy would be awesome, but he hasn't really done anything. He's had one good game at the NFL level. A guy like Roy Hallou, and especially in PPR leagues, would be really, really valuable. And it, it's weird to me that there's really no number one guy this year. 
the number one guy for me is Antonio Brown because every single week he gets it done. If you read the fantasy line and fantasy football draft guide, he's the number one overall there because it's about consistency. And I want a guy that every week is going to give me minimum 70 catches, 70 or seven yards. Sorry, 77 catches, 70 yards, 14 to 15 fantasy points, PPR maybe more. That's me as number one pick. That's that's what I want. I wide receiver, to, wide receiver, number one. Wide receiver, because all the running backs have questions. Every single running back, there's you have a question. Is Adrian Peterson? Yeah, he missed the year, but he's also 31 years old. Jamal Charles doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Like every other running back that you could take there, just has questions. While a guy like Des Bryant, a guy like Antonio Brown, these guys we know we're going to get in PPR leagues. You know, a wide receiver is so much more valuable. All right, and Antonio Brown. So, what? Last question. Uh, Adrian Peterson, lots of folks picked at the top of their draft last year and came back to bite him, and their teams uh, yeah. probably should have tanked the season the rest of the way. Where, do, where is he going to go this year? Where is he going in the draft? He's definitely up there probably around the five or six range overall. I mean, when you look at running backs, look, the guy's going to be number one option. We still know he's a beast when he's on the field. And after the first couple running backs, you could definitely see him going fourth or fifth. I have no problem with that. Again, if it's PPR league, I'm probably going with the top wide receiver. All right, all right, Mark. We, uh, you had any questions, CJ? Did you write all this stuff down? I, I did, and I'm comparing it to my own personal notes. And with the Antonio Brown thing, I I kind of disagree, but he's the expert. But this is this is my <laughs> disagreement. It's the I am high on Eddie Lacy. I think that the the last eight games of the season, he really showed you know what he could do, and he really carried the Packers through the playoffs. And I think that's going to continue. And so, I guess my question is, what what do you think about Eddie Lacy? Where where do you think he should go in the draft? Uh, he's going up there. A lot of people like him as a number one, number two guy, and I get it. But my thing is with Eddie Lacy is they get up big in games that you would think would help Eddie Lacy, but then they sometimes pull him out. That's a pass-first offense. They have the best quarterback in the league. I like Eddie Lacy. I just don't think he has as much upside. That's my only problem with Lacy. They still have a couple guys there where you don't see Eddie Lacy just blowing it up. I have no problem with him as my number one running back. Look, like I said, this year there's three or four guys you'd argue is number one, and Lacy has potential. I just think his floor is very high, but his ceiling is not very high, if that makes sense. And, and with Antonio Brown being, how much will Le'Veon Bell and the emergence of Martavius Bryant hurt him, or maybe even help him? I think it, it definitely helps him. I mean, we saw Le'Veon Bell; he's also up there, number one running back. If he wasn't missing uh, one or two games to start the season with the suspension, but I, I think that helps him. That just gives him another weapon that defenses have to focus on, and especially a guy like Martavius Bryant. You put him out there, and he is—that's a great weapon out there that takes all the attention away from Antonio Brown. Uh, CJ, look, don't question the guru. I have so many no, more questions. C- no, I love when people, it's all that the fancy is about. It's, it's, you know, I'd be beholder. CJ has come in last place in our league two years in a row, and it's a 14-team league, so he's the worst out of 14 people playing fancy. I, and I don't think I'm the worst. Well, okay, well, that is yet to be decided. Mark, uh, we appreciate you uh, joining us and, and, and dropping some knowledge. We'll, we'll catch up with you soon, hopefully, and get some more fantasy advice from you. Definitely. Great talking to you guys. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks, Mark. That's Mark Kaplan, uh, dodgeball champion of the Dodge This uh, Dodgeball Tournament uh, this year. He's at the True Guru on Twitter, at DA True Guru, and fantasyalarm.com. They're actually really good information in a short amount of time from him. So I think we're going to have to talk to him as we uh, get closer uh, to the season and throughout the uh, football season here on the show. I think I, I learned a lot, and I'm, I'm ready to win our league. All right, uh, we are low on time. Let me tell you about some upcoming trivia nights, though, first that I've got happening uh, around the Mid-South. As everybody knows, I host trivia here in the Bluff City, and uh, we got a, a nice lineup of trivia events happening. Starting Monday night, it's Star Wars Trivia at Swinehouse. And then... Uh, on Wednesday night, we've got Harry Potter trivia. And if you can't make Wednesday night, uh, we're having Harry Potter trivia again on Thursday night. Pick one of those two for your uh, uh, trivia nights. If you're a big Harry Potter fan, Harry Potter and Star Wars trivia happening uh, next week. Uh, I'll be hosting those. And then the next week, we've got Office trivia coming up, Reality TV trivia, The Walking Dead trivia, Current Events trivia. We'll be playing Are You Smarter Than the Fifth Grader. We'll have comedy movie trivia and pro wrestling trivia. 
That's all coming up here in the next month. Check out CerritoTrivia.com or Facebook.com slash CerritoTrivia to get uh, the full list of what's coming up where I will be hosting trivia. All right, we are low on time. Let's do some booze and booze. All right, I'm going to give a woohoo to uh, Golden Tate. I might have a new favorite uh, NFL player. This is uh, exciting. He's my number one wide receiver on my fantasy football depth chart. Uh, Golden Tate showed up to practice this morning uh, in Detroit. Uh, this is a quote. I'm going to go to, for, to Twitter here. This is a quote from Twitter. He surprised everyone this morning. He wore a Detroit Lions themed wrestling match walking out to practice. He's got, you gotta see a picture of this. I retweeted it on my Twitter feed at Cerrito, but Golden Tate for the Detroit Lions. Uh, CJ, I'm picking him. I'm picking him. You can have tell him. Tell anybody I, else. I despise Golden Tate. He eliminated me from the regionals in my final high school basketball game. No, he did not. Yes, he did. You keep game like, winning like, shot. CJ, I gotta call you out. This is like the, Second, third show in a row that you keep dropping. Like apparently, you and Brandon Wright have some issues. Yeah, he went to my rival high school. So you're saying you played basketball against Brandon Wright? Played basketball against Brandon Wright and Golden, and Tate. Golden Tate. Yes, I did. And against Brandon Wright, you you dunked on him. Is that what you said? No, he dunked on me. I made his highlight <laughs> tape. I was Are on you, CBS Sports, baby. And Golden Tate was the connection. What happened? Though? So I don't. Uh, I fouled out the game. Pope John Paul had the ball last second shot. He took it right, spun back left. Everybody knows he's left-handed and hit a nice little floater for the game, for the game winning win. All right. So apparently CJ's got some connections. So you hate him because of that. Despise So you're not him. picking him. But he's my new favorite football player because he wears a wrestling mask out. Uh, will he get fined for this? It's a practice. Is I mean, what what would be the fine? I don't is it, know. Is it it's out a no fun league. They fine for all this stuff, right? Oh, no. Right? I think he'll be fine. He they're, they're, folk, he they're wore that focused the, on Tom Brady right now. They're focused on if he, <laughs> as long as he doesn't deflate the footballs. I don't know. I, I I hope not. But it's you know it's the it's the NFL, and the last thing they want to do is be compared to the XFL or something else um, like that. I'm gonna give a boo. Two, speaking of the NFL, so there's football news. According to reports from Fox Sports, the NFL is is starting to they're gonna start selling season tickets to an NFL franchise in Los Angeles even though there is no team in Los Angeles. They're going to start selling tickets. So the NFL is going to they're getting in the business. They're, they've been in the business. All these teams of bullying cities into paying money to build new stadiums. Well, this right here is just going to add fuel to the fire of somebody wanting to relocate, but uh they're going to start building their season ticket base for 2016. It's crazy. Either San, they're projecting San Diego, Oakland, or St. Louis moving to Los Angeles. But anyway, that is our show today. I want to thank our guests. We'll be back next week from 11 to 1. I want to thank you for listening. For C.J. Hurt and Tyler Springs on the other side of the glass. I'm Kevin Streeter saying so long from high atop Mount Mariah. Dominique.